0: This is a podcast about Jeopardy!
1: Hello and welcome to Potent Potables. I'm Emily.
0: And I'm Kyle. We competed against each other on Jeopardy.
1: Kyle ended up winning seven games.
0: And we've been chatting about the show ever since.
1: Each show we start with analysis of this week's Jeopardy! episodes.
0: Then we move on to a deep dive on a question or category, but that's going to be a little different this week.
1: And at the end we have a quiz.
0: That's also going to be a little different this week.
1: Indeed it will. Uh, Well, everything was a little different this week because this was Tournament of Champions, Semifinals, and Finals. And wow, what a tournament.
0: Yeah, getting to watch it again from the comfort of home. Uh, reinforced a lot of things that I thought I remembered, but wasn't sure if it was just like the, you know, the in-studio haze. I uh,
1: I, I love it pulling for the underdog, and I loved that this tournament came all the way down to uh, final Jeopardy on the second day. Um, there were a lot of people who thought it would be just a just a complete runaway, and it was not.
0: Yeah, and I mean we'll talk about it when we get there, but um, yeah. There were certainly yeah. a lot of, I think, predictions that did not go the way people anticipated.
1: Well, starting with mine, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because last week I said that Drew Gar was going to win the whole tournament, and um,
0: in a way, he did.
1: In, he's he's been on Ellen now, so you know, maybe I wasn't wrong. Yeah. What does and, winning mean, really?
0: That's right, and she gave him a seventy-five-inch TV. As well as like a really nice donation of $25,000 to the List Garden Foundation and all that.
1: Yeah, plus you were an Onion headline, so that's maybe also <laughs> a kind of winning.
0: That is right. That is right. One of my life goals of making it into publication as an Onion headline has now been fulfilled. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's jump in to that, that game one.
1: All right. Uh, so we had our semi our first of three semi-final matches on Monday, November eleventh. Kyle Jones, you were back, uh, and then we had Drew Gar and Emma Betcher.
0: And Emma had the the number one podium because she was coming into that with the highest score of the three of us from the uh, quarterfinal round. And then Drew had the second, and I was on the third spot. I'm gonna say this. And I, I, I don't mean it as a way of like, uh, you know, like quibbling or trying to like uh, justify a non-winning performance or anything like that. I, I, it is a legitimate feeling I have that I believe that in the quarterfinal and the semifinal round, uh, the games that I played in, I believe had the hardest boards. Not to mm-hmm. say that the others were easy. I don't think any of the boards were easy. Uh, by any means this this was all very difficult but I I, I haven't done the the research to look but I feel like we both both my quarterfinal and semifinal matches had the most triple stumpers which Mm -hmm. yeah I suppose there could be an argument about like well that's not really the question that's the players but I don't think so given the quality of players and and the knowledge base that we all brought in Uh, I I, I just I'm just saying like it was hard it was a very hard game for me (laughs)
1: Yeah, looking at my at-home scores, I had a 14,600 Coriat on your game, uh, 18,800 on Tuesdays, and 29,200 on Wednesdays. So mm-hmm. yours was the hardest for me by quite a bit.
0: The Jeopardy round uh, had some really good, like, I really liked these categories. I thought they were a lot of fun. Real names on the marquee, which is uh, asking about the real names of people who were marquees uh mm-hmm. in France and such uh government and politics could be a bunch of stuff what's her sport I feel so bad because we we had we had three triple stumpers in that category and I it shouldn't have been thinking back I knew I know Allie Krieger and Ashley Harris like I I watched the World Cup I I follow soccer I know those mm-hmm. names I just for whatever reason couldn't pull it yeah. uh, in the five seconds and then uh Monique and Jocelyn Lamoureux like hockey of course should have got that like we should have done much better we should have represented both ourselves and like women's sports much better in that category so I apologize yeah. to all female athletes who may have felt uh jilted by our not so stellar performance in that category
1: yeah I uh I, I'm on the record as not knowing much about sports at all so I think the only one I knew was Gabby Douglas but yeah uh, glad we got but, that, yeah I blessed. hear you yeah yeah
0: uh and then uh flags i like flags turns out i need to study them more and the uh, mm-hmm. king james bible felt good in that category and then words that use all five vowels uh so a good mix of very different things and also uh, a lot of different topics there
1: i really enjoyed the King james bible category of course shocker um yeah uh picked up a little bit of jeopardy history somewhere i'm Oh, it might it might have been it might not have been in a public forum uh, that they now always specify uh, that they are using the King James version of the Bible because there has the because there was an incident where a contestant was familiar with a different translation. And they had to um, they had to stop tape for quite a while while they researched a response To see whether it was in any version of the Bible, uh, which it was. Oof. and there are, and there are uh, I think you know, maybe hundreds to choose from. I don't have a number right off the top of my head sure. of how many translations there are, but uh, they are they are myriad.
0: Mm-hmm. And if uh, it's in one of them, it's a correct response if it just says the Bible.
1: right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's I, I learned that's why they uh, now seem to always specify the King James Bible um, so that there's a specific translation that they can point to. Contemporary Bible scholars and preachers aren't, preachers at least in my tradition and, and the traditions near mine, uh, aren't so into the King James Bible anymore. Sure. Um, scholarship has come a long way since it was translated and uh, and also language has. And so what you, what you read there may the meanings of the words have shifted, you know, and so it's not it's not the Bible that uh, that folks in my circles turn to, but it has a it has a really important place in the culture, and it, you know, it's hard to imagine them choosing some other translation to, to regard as their one translation that they're going to rely on.
0: Also, I, I mean, I gotta say, uh, as much as like the, the language is outdated and maybe not uh, totally accurate as to what we're looking for nowadays, um, it has the the most epic quotes.
1: Mm, yes. You know,
0: it's got the coolest one to quote, the one that makes you feel like you're cool when you say it.
1: It's true. And that's, that's kind of intentional. The language um, was even slightly archaic for the time it was written because they wanted it to feel kind of, you know, venerable and, you know.
0: Right. H-histeried and Yeah. Makes sense. So this round, uh, I, I remember feeling really good during the Jeopardy round, and I, I got, I mean, we went into the first commercial break, I had 3,600 over Emma's 1,000, and Drew was in the hole, we ended the Jeopardy round, I was still in the lead, 4,600 over Emma's 3,200, and Drew and had pulled himself out to zero, and Alex, it, it was on the last clue, and Alex said something along the lines of, "Drew, you got yourself out of the hole, which, as far as I'm concerned, is the highlight of this round, and I was like, hey, I'm doing really well. <laughs> Like, yeah, Yeah. 3,600 isn't a high score for a Jeopardy round, but I, I, you know, I feel pretty good about this. Mm -hmm. But whatever. I'd have been, you know, been higher if I hadn't missed the daily double on flags. Uh, Did you get
1: any flack from anyone from Arkansas?
0: No, uh, I did see some, some, like, rumblings about, like, uh, Kyle just needed to have the, like, the Pavlov... Uh, automatic response of diamond-producing state equals Arkansas, which I have never heard in my entire life. I, so I, ab- I obviously not. didn't have that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh Hill's from Arkansas, right?
0: Yes, I apologize to him after that episode. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is. Uh, proud Arkan Ark Ar- Arcan- Arkansian is that how you say it? Well, uh, I suppose he'll let us know.
1: <laughs> I guess so. Um, and you had a couple of good rebounds in the Bible category. Uh, you picked mm-hmm. up the eight hundred. Uh, with uh, Proverbs after Drew rang in with Psalms and the 1,000 uh, last word of revelation. Um, uh, can I get a amen? Um, it, it, yeah. The last phrase of revelation, of course, is not, can I get an amen? But No, uh, it's,
0: it's just, yeah. it's just amen at the end. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, that Jeopardy round felt good. Uh, like I said, some, some triple stumpers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, you know, good questions. And and I think we all I mean, Dreve had a couple of a couple of tough hits at some high, high value questions that brought him down, but he fought. He fought hard. So Yeah. So that brings us to the, the double Jeopardy round. The category is again a good mix of things. Uh, the first one, non composementis, turned out to be a composer category. The the phrase non composementis uh, it means not sane or not in your right mind not of sound mind, Mm -hmm. um, which I didn't know before this, (laughs) like I looked it up later because I was like, what is that even talking about? And so it's talking about composers, really like idiosyncrasies of these composers Mm -hmm. um, dealing with their minds. Uh, And I I was very upset that I did not get in on the buzzer before Dhruv and Emma on, you know, three of these five questions. (laughs) because <laughs> that's kind of my wheelhouse and i felt like Ugh, dang it yeah uh, the two thousand dollar clue though was a a, um, a triple stumper it's he died in an insane asylum not far from the moldau the river he immortalized in an 1875 work and the correct response is smetna Bedrich smetna which if i had had you know 60 seconds to go back through my my study and being like ah, oh, moldau moldau 1875 who is this uh, I probably would have gotten Smetna, but there was absolutely no way I was going to get there in five seconds. I, mm-hmm. I, am, I am. He is a composer that I learned to take a test and then haven't really paid a lot of attention to since. So,
1: yeah. Other categories we had uh, math guys. We had a generic title, um, which Alex uh, noted, although he didn't. He didn't specify. Um, so former, uh, former Jeopardy champion. He won, he won a tournament of champions. Uh, Alex yes. Jacob. Um put together like a supercut of Alex Trebek saying the word genre, which is amazing. Um, and so the writers were kind of playing with that. Yeah. I really enjoyed that category. Um, we had expressions and idioms, uh, true story and DM me.
0: DM in quotation marks. Yep. Yeah. The <laughs> generic title. We all had a good chuckle. I mean, you can hear on the, on the tape uh, when, when, generic title comes up and, and Alex starts talking about it, Drove just like laughs really loud.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all
0: knew what was coming. Uh, that was really good. A nice uh, nice self-referential thing there. Yeah. Uh, Drove started out the, the round by just 360 no-scoping the Daily Double on first, uh, first pick in yeah. Math Guys. And the clue says, the subject of a 2001 film, this mathematician won a 1994 Nobel Prize in Economics. Correct response. Who's John Nash? The movie uh, *A Beautiful Mind* with Russell Mm Crowe. Drew had the unfortunate uh, circumstance of having been six years old in 2001, so uh, probably didn't see that movie when it came out, or uh, you know, not part of his his cinematic milieu, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah,
1: it was. It was one of those. I mean, you might just know john nash as a mathematician but you're more likely to know him if you if you're familiar with the film you know that was one of those right. clues that's much that's much easier to come at not from the stated category standpoint but from the uh i, I would think from the uh from the film angle
0: sure that so, i mean most people would know that if you're if yeah. you're into the field of mathematics and that kind of thing you'd probably yeah. know him for specifically for what he did and and the things that he became yeah. known for
1: yeah and uh but it didn't the clue didn't reference any of those things i'm pretty confident drew i mean you know i don't know know for sure but he probably could have gotten it if it were about the content of nash's work yeah but not knowing the film he would have had to just know a mathematician who would win for economics in that time period yeah
0: in 94 right yeah so he it bumped him back down to zero and the first daily double was gone
1: it bumped him down way below zero actually because he went in with zero and oh that's right 2, that's right so you're he right was, he was he was two thousand in the hole
0: yeah yeah i put him which i mean i felt bad for him but i didn't you know i was competing with him so i didn't feel so bad in the moment yeah i was like okay all right <laughs> whatever it's it's game time yeah. uh, and and so Like I said, in the Jeopardy round, I felt really good. I felt like I had good buzzer speed. I felt like I was, you know, doing really well. Emma, in the commercial break, Emma decided to, like, flip the turbo switch and just be unbeatable on the buzzer Mm -hmm. throughout Double Jeopardy. She was on it. She was, yeah, she was incredible. Like, I, I feel like I played well, but she was unstoppable. You know, there are a lot of good clues in here, but I do think expressions and idioms my correct response or my my incorrect response on the $1200 clue of like let's act aggressively on an issue and play this another word for the national pastime
1: hmm.
0: my my initial response is what is ball because like let's play ball is is a thing that i have heard many times and obviously oh, yeah. like hard hardball is also correct i i i mean i let it go in the moment and didn't didn't even think about it afterward. But to my mind, I, I should have been deemed at least correct later on, even if it mm-hmm. wasn't what specific they, they were looking for. Not that it would have made a difference at that point if that were the only thing that were that were different, but yeah. whatever.
1: The writing was a little confusing on that.
0: And I did get the Daily Double, Daily Double number 3 in mm. the genre category. That uh, was a great moment.
1: And you made it a true Daily Double at Question 17 in Double Jeopardy
0: well i mean emma was I mean, exactly you double you my score yes. I like right. doing anything it was, less it was
1: exactly been... the right call but i think it took guts so nice work
0: yeah um thank you and it's a good thing uh good thing i've listened to that podcast shout out serial good 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 podcast good good uh yeah so so that brought me up that put me in striking distance again but emma just kept kept grinding man she just oof and I would say, and not to not to just say that she was just fast on the buzzer. Like, I would say probably two thirds of the clues that she buzzed in and got correct in Double Jeopardy, I also would have gotten correct. But then there was another third of those clues that I had no idea, and she just knew. She just knew more mm-hmm. than I did. So, uh, we get to the end of the round, and she had Emma had no daily doubles, but she accrued nineteen thousand two hundred, which is oftentimes a winning score by itself. Yeah. And that like that's her Coriade score,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: in a tournament of champions semifinal, that's so
1: unbelievable performance, yeah,
0: yeah. And then it brought us to the final Jeopardy, uh, clue uh, category: famous phrases. The clue is in the title of a groundbreaking 1890 expose of poverty in New York City slums. These three words follow how quote how the, and the correct response is uh, other half lives. So the title of the expose was How the Other Half Lives. Um, and the first thing that came into mind was how it was other side lives, And so I wrote other, and then before I wrote the rest of it, like the part of my brain that was like, no, that's not right, made me stop. And I thought about it and I, I worked through it and I argued with myself about what the correct phrasing is and which it should be and like all this stuff. But I, I went with other half lives, which ended up being correct. Which is why if you watch, obviously the Onion article kind of like skew people's perspectives on on my <laughs> on my expressions and the way I was acting um like Drew put a uh, you know his his incredibly heartfelt and very meaningful correct response of, or well correct response emotionally mm. factually incorrect of, of what is we love you Alex and that was mm-hmm. like obviously a big moment uh and then it cut to me and I was feeling very nervous because I was pretty sure I was right but I wasn't certain yeah. and I was it wasn't a runaway so I knew I I still had some kind of chance so I was like, very, I was on edge. I was on edge and I, I wanted to make sure, like I wanted to find out that I was correct and then had to find out if Emma was correct. And so that's what those facial expressions were of, of just being unsure, but hopeful. And so I was correct and that was that was good. But then of course, Emma had it just like, my, my mom told me later from, she was watching from the audience. She was like, Emma wrote it down right away. <laughs> I was like, yeah. of course she did. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Emma Emma moves on to the finals.
1: Um, and you had the, uh, quick betting strategy, strategy thing is that you had, uh, stayed close enough that you were above the three quarters mark, uh, mm-hmm. of Emma's score, um, which let you make a wager that would both win if, it let, it let you make a wager that covered her zero, but also would be above her if both of you got it wrong. Um, right. Yeah. So there's, there's sort of break points at, uh half two thirds and three quarters. So you were you were above the three quarters mark, which is a strategically much better position to be in uh, than above yeah. than between two thirds and three quarters.
0: A lot of people yeah. who, you know, don't don't think about it or, or don't know the game thing. i like, why did he bet so small? It, it, it was the best, the best shot of winning, given yeah. various possible scenarios. Obviously, mm-hmm. if Emma gets it right, like I, she was going to cover bet obviously yeah like (laughs) chances are she was going to get it right anyway because she knows a lot so
1: yeah yeah so great game to all of you thanks yeah
0: felt good i i was much happier to end on that note than on my quarterfinals note Mm -hmm. uh obviously i still got the wild card but like i said last week i did i did not feel good about that game and i feel good about my semifinals game so
1: yeah it was a it was a really well played game um and a hard board
0: yeah (laughs) yeah But we're moving on to Tuesday. And on Tuesday, we have James Holtzauer, Stephen Grade, and Rachel Lindgren returning.
1: James had won on Wednesday. Stephen and Rachel were wild cards, right? Yes. Stephen so. was the yeah.
0: number one wild card, Rachel was the number four wild card.
1: So they opened up their Jeopardy round with the categories Hail Caesar, uh, World Capital Airports, Places to Live, Mammals fantasy football and x's and o's x and o in quotation marks yep Sorry, yeah again it. a first a first clue daily double
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh so in the in the thousand spot of world capital airports james hits the daily double gets the clue carthage international airport and correctly produces tunis and that whole that whole category i just knew that my guess was that James and Steven, for sure, had studied airports. Um, airports are one of those things to study if you if you want to be a Jeopardy! person. Although, honestly, I could never bring myself to do that much of it. Turned out not to matter in my one game. Um. Sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny how a lot of your studying, like, no matter, no matter where you end up, a lot of the studying doesn't end up uh, being relevant in the games mm-hmm. that you play. James actually ended up running that category, but the style of play that we, you know, the not you going straight through a category ended up making it so that it did not become apparent that he ran it but he got all five of those uh clues yes yeah but uh through this round uh i mean there was a the fantasy football category was like oof that was fun to watch because both james and steven are like are very strong in sports trivia so mm-hmm. seeing that knowing that like, okay, this is going to be a competitive category, not necessarily like some of us other contestants who are not strong in sports trivia. It might have been might have been a couple of triple stumpers in there, but it was that was good to see. Yeah. And James obviously got off to a great start, but like Steven and Rachel were getting in on the buzzer. they, they mm-hmm. got in, they got some correct responses. They, they kept it a game, which was really cool.
1: Yeah, it was good to it was good to see him uh, meet some challengers who gave him, you know gave him a real challenge.
0: Yeah. And, and in the, the quarterfinals, too, the game, that also happened. Like, Alan and Lindsay gave him a challenge. He happened to hit the daily doubles at the right time and be able to, to you know, shoot himself out of reach.
1: Mm-hmm. So, moving to double jeopardy, uh, we had the categories uh, naval gazing, naval spelled N A V A L, uh, visionaries, communication, how's your Latin vocabulary? novels by characters and don't forget the lyrics Mm -hmm. which gave us the great gift of hearing alex trebek recite the lyrics of uh my humps my my humps yes yes uh which i'm not sure he's ever heard it
0: oh i'm certain he has not
1: (laughs) it was a very impressionistic rendition of those lyrics
0: yes he uh (laughs) Yeah, he definitely put his own stank on it,
1: that's for sure. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. goodness. <laughs> um,
0: but this round, we started with another first pick, Daily Double. Rachel uh, goes for Latin vocabulary at the $1,600 clue, and that's uh, Daily Double number two popping right mm-hmm. out. Um, the clue was someone deeply respected due to their serious nature has a lot of this eight-letter Latin term. The correct response is what is gravitas, which Rachel got. Uh, she mm-hmm. went all in, rightfully like absolutely right.
1: Yep. Right, um,
0: you know, she had thirty-two hundred, which in the daily or in the double Jeopardy round, that's two clues. You know, like you can yeah. make that up if you get it wrong, so you may as well just go for it. So, she did bump herself up, <clears throat> got herself you know really into the thick of things there. So that was nice. Yeah. Well then, uh, James uh, got the next like three. Clues correct, so he mm-hmm. added to his score, uh, and then he found the third daily double just as the sixth, right. sixth clue in the daily double or in the double jeopardy. I keep doing it <laughs> in the double jeopardy <laughs> round under visionaries. Uh, mm. I got really excited about this one. The, the clue was in 312 before the Battle of uh, Million Bridge. This man had a dramatic vision of a cross of light and went on to win the battle. James bet 9066 on this clue, he knew that it was the last daily double, time to make his big move. Uh, and he correctly responded who is Constantine. I got really excited because as we talked about last week mm-hmm. uh, in Emily's uh, talk about the cross and all that um, and her question about Constantine's mother, uh, I mentioned that in my first episode uh, I also got a clue about Constantine, Constantine seeing a vision of a cross before before this battle. So I was mm-hmm. like, hey, that's been on Jeopardy before.
1: That's right. Um, and if I'm remembering correctly, uh, the legend is that he had uh, had the soldiers put uh, a, the Chi Rho symbol on their banner, which if you if you seen, you might have like seen it in churches and been like, what is that? Um, it's an X Greek letter Chi with a Rho Greek, the Greek letter that looks like a P sort of superimposed over it. So those two letters on top of each other, uh, the first two letters of Christ.
0: Mm -hmm. um in the novels by characters category the the contestants did pretty well getting getting most of them Mm -hmm. I think
1: triple stumper at 1200 by Zadie Smith uh Samad Iqbal and family Archie Jones and family and the Chalfin family that's white teeth by Zadie Smith I read that one in college I was Mm -hmm. it was fun getting a triple stumper
0: yeah yeah that's nice um and that's that's the one of these that I'm not familiar with Mm -hmm. uh so I have no idea but I uh, if it fits into what i'm thinking but it seemed like this category had an underlying theme of like i mean the two thousand dollar clue which may have been kind of pointing to it is of human bondage so like there was of human bondage at 2600 2000. was uh the confessions of nat turner right uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Zhivago, you know, not necessarily quite as on the head about like human bondage and that kind of thing, but but certainly themes of like, you know, I mean, and obviously every story is going to have conflict, but um, j- just kind of along that same same line and like Withering Heights, you know, yeah. there, there's a certain sense of, an, of of being trapped in that story, especially, mm-hmm. and and so so I felt I felt like the writers were were subtly linking all of the all of the clues in that category. And I may yeah. be way
1: off. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. All right, so let's go to Final Jeopardy. So we go into Final Jeopardy. James has a lot game. So Stephen has 11,400. Um, since James, James is over 22,8, uh, it, it's a runaway. Um, but we've got Stephen with 11,4, Rachel with 7,2, and James with 30,466. And they get the category US demographics. Uh, the clue is in 2018. Forbes said this belt's demographic delight is this other belt's demographic dilemma. Yeah. And <laughs> oof, that was a hard one.
0: Yeah, that was one that I was not even. I I wasn't even aware of how to approach that because I was like, uh, I mean, James put what are the Bible and Rust Belt, and those are the those are the two. The only belts that i can think of those I, were the
1: two belts that i would, could could think of yeah
0: so i probably would have put them just because i couldn't think of anything else but mm-hmm. the correct response is what is the sun belt and the rust belt which jeopardy actually when the day that showed aired they they posted on their social media like a, a map of the us with the different belts running through it and like to kind of you know educate people mm-hmm. so
1: yeah, I and had I, no idea there were so many belts.
0: Yeah, me neither. Apparently, there's a jello belt, which. Huh. I guess I, guess I gotta check out.
1: Is, is that where people eat a lot of jello?
0: You know? Time for our favorite segment of Kyle Googles something. Jello belt. Like oh, Mid- this is very different. Um, when I Google jello belt. Apparently, it refers to the Mormon corridor of the United States, because oh. I guess Mormons like Jello.
1: Oh, I, w- I was thinking that it would be like, go up to Minnesota because Lutherans like Jello. <laughs> um, but, wow, yeah. huh?
0: Interesting. Well, there we go, <laughs> I guess. Uh, shout out Anaki Garcia in Salt Lake City, I guess. All right. <laughs> Today we learned. Um, but yeah, that, I thought that was, a, that was a pretty tough one. Uh, But James actually crossed out Sun and replaced it with Bible and Rust, which who knows if he would have gone actually with Sun and Rust. But it ultimately didn't end up mattering. Uh, Steven thanked everyone for having him back. Rachel gave her guess. They both bet zero Mm because it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Unless James was to do something wildly uncharacteristic and bet too big.
1: Yeah. No, James doesn't do that.
0: <laughs> he has made it abundantly clear that he knows the winning strategy. So.
1: Yeah.
0: So that means James Holzhauer punches his ticket to, for the rematch with Emma Betcher in the yeah. finals. And we move on to Wednesday.
1: Uh, so we have Francois Barkham back at the uh, left podium. Um, we have Gilbert Collins, and we have Lindsey Schultz.
0: Yeah, and Francois coming in as the number one seed from the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm.
1: So going into Single Jeopardy, uh, we have um, executive privilege, uh, med medical abbreviations, uh, UN UN international years, official state stuff, best-selling books, and the, quote, O blank E-D.
0: Yeah, which tells us that the correct responses will start with O and end with E-D. And this, like, the medical abbreviation category came up, and it made made me reflect on The writers write categories and questions specifically for the tournament of champions these are not pulled from the the like the main database that they get clues for uh the regular season shows Mm -hmm. and we've seen a number of times things line up kind of coincidentally in these shows uh again i am going to uh continue to you know to support the show producers and the people who the people who make the show in in what they say in that the categories are randomly drawn and randomly assigned and if that seems like there's an odd coincidence then that just means there's an odd coincidence um, but I do think that the writers also wrote with the players in mind whether or not those players ended up facing the categories that they like they had in mind them for them
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: because Lindsay Schultz is a physician and healthcare analyst mm-hmm. and we get medical abbreviations uh, we saw the all in category name in james's quarterfinals i you know i had an opera and ballet category Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty sure none of the other contestants are in the the, like performing arts field you know Mm -hmm. and i also had a composer question which i you know the first thing i talked about on on my regular season run was that i'm a composer right so i mean those again those are valid jeopardy you know categories on any given show but i feel Mm -hmm. like i feel like a lot of these categories were written with with the contestants in mind
1: yeah yeah i would agree with that um
0: and lindsay did very well in that category uh didn't get all of them the francois and and gilbert got a couple but
1: Mm -hmm. lindsay got some flack on twitter for not uh not correctly answering uh, the best-selling books at 200 uh, in, two thir- in 2013 this young actress and singer had a bestseller with staying strong a book of affirmations and just a reminder listeners that she could see the picture about as well as you can right now on this podcast um so she <laughs> rang in with Selena Gomez uh the correct answer was demi Lovato I mean you can sort of, you can see the monitor across across the stage but you know uh it's you're kind of squinting across at the tiny image and then it blows up on everyone's TV screens and they're like, how could she miss that one? Um, and
0: yeah, and also in her defense, in my mind, and I mean no, uh, mean no criticism or anything, you know, by this, but I was an adult by the time Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato got on the scene and I don't pay attention to that. So uh, yeah. they're kind of interchangeable in my mind.
1: Yeah, um, yeah I, don't, I don't think I would have gotten that one. Fun to see Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows mm-hmm. in that category.
0: I was surprised that they missed the thousand dollar clue. Uh, you know, girl, wash your face. The author mm-hmm. uh, correct response who was Rachel Hollis. Now I may I, I realize that I know that only because my wife had that book sitting on our table for a good month, so I saw that name every day with that title, and that's you know not necessarily a fair representation of general knowledge. So
1: yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, I knew that one, too. Um, UN International Years was kind of a fun category. It was um, uh, things that the UN had declared as the International Year of such and such. So uh, at the $200 level, uh, 2019 is the year of this array of elements, as it's the 150th anniversary. Um, It's the periodic table. We had a clue at the $400 Four hundred dollar level about the International Year of Astronomy, which was in two thousand nine and celebrated four hundred years of this invention, the telescope. And the the daily double was in there at the uh, at the six hundred dollar level. Two thousand thirteen was the year of this staple Andean crop, which the UN hopes can help eradicate world hunger. Uh, the correct response, which Lindsay got, being uh, what is quinoa.
0: Yeah. That was a yeah. good pull. I, mm-hmm. when, when she said it and it was right, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. I didn't pull it. I wasn't going to get yeah. that. I'm glad I didn't have yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, continuing on the 800 is uh, 2002 was the year of this form of green travel. Uh, and that's ecotourism, which Lindsay also got. And then $1,000 Clue made me really happy that Gilbert got. Um, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I don't know if I ended up cutting it for time. Uh, but I have a personal connection with Gilbert uh, through my brother. Uh, my brother was in the Peace Corps and serving in Namibia. Uh, and Gilbert was the country uh, director for the Peace Corps in Namibia at that time. So they worked together and knew each other. Um, so that was, a, that was a cool connection. But, you know, uh, Namibia used to be part of South Africa. Uh, they fought the, for their independence in the 90s. And so, you know, the culture is, is very similar. They use the same i mean the namibian dollar is tied to the south african rand and and their history is is very very tied together um so to see personally to see gilbert get you know south africa about you know the 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 clue about you know apartheid and uh and all that was it was gratifying for me
1: yeah and i'm sure i'm sure for gilbert as well yeah um yeah it's rewarding when you have a a moment where you're you're trying to get in first on something that you know a clue where you where you know it you know from like from life experience uh yeah and get in.
0: you have a real personal connection to the information yeah. not just something you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh should we go on to double jeopardy yes Lindsay was going in with a slight lead at the end of the jeopardy round and they go to double jeopardy and get the categories the movies tropic of capricorn her first published novel famous Americans sociology and word per yeah
0: and I think uh, I think when you asked me about the preparation that I did for the tournament uh, whenever that was one of the things I, I think I specifically mentioned because I did spend a lot of time focusing on it was female authors
1: was nice. women authors
0: I, I knew like I knew that came up a lot recently and I knew that I was not as strong as I wanted to be so this was vindicating to me
1: did you have them all
0: uh, I got Jane Austen um, that one was Pretty simple. The two there the $400 clue, *Sense and Sensibility*. Um, I did. N- did I get the mis- the mysterious affair at Styles? Yes. Uh, Agatha Christie, the $800 clue, the mysterious affair at Styles. Uh, 1200 *Twilight* with Stephanie Meyer. Not that I studied that one. Uh, mm-hmm. I just knew that. Uh, 1940, *The Heart is a Lonely Hunter*. I did not get. Uh, I, I don't know. Carson McCullers. And 88, *The Bean Trees*. Uh, I I knew the title. And it was a triple stumper and when Alex said Barbara Kingsolver I was like yep yep I've looked at the I've looked at her list we have I believe she did the Poisonwood Bible was that Kingsolver that's Silver? right yes yeah I, I'm lo- I'm looking at it right now on my bookshelf
1: <laughs> yeah I, I remember really enjoying that one I haven't read the bean trees
0: uh so I felt good I felt like yes my study is vindicated I did mm-hmm. it <laughs> good mm-hmm. but it was a, it was a well-played game uh, there, there were hardly any incorrect responses, and most of the most of the clues got responded to, so that was mm-hmm. good to see. Um, yeah.
1: We had big turnarounds at the Daily Doubles. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Lindsay hit Daily Double 2, uh, the first of the Double Jeopardy round, at clue number four. It was in the Famous Americans category, and uh, the clue was, During the Blitz, Edward R. Murrow borrowed this five-word phrase from Londoners who weren't sure they'd survive the evening. Um, and I feel like that was kind of, uh, we, we call that neg bait, uh, in mm-hmm. the trivia community where there's an obvious wrong answer, a single obvious wrong answer that you would go for.
0: Right. And Lindsay um, went for it, unfortunately. She did.
1: Yes. So she was thinking, I assume, about, uh, a famous phrase from England in World War II, uh, and went for it, keep calm and carry on, um, mm-hmm. If you're familiar with Edward R. Murrow, you would know that his kind of uh, his sign-off phrase was "Good night and good luck." Um, I think there was a movie about him titled "Good Night and Good Luck."
0: Yes, that, that it was yeah. that is absolutely correct. It was called "Good Night and Good Luck." Uh, I believe it w- it was nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm gonna look it up. It was an excellent movie
1: yeah uh black and white i think was it black i think it was black
0: yeah it was in it was from 2005 and it was in black and white oh because 2005 was an incredible year oh my gosh for Mm. movies and it yeah and it was that was focusing on uh edward r murrow uh going up against uh senator mccarthy during his uh during his you know communism witch hunts so Mm -hmm. excellent Um, movie
1: yeah so she had she had a a bit of a lead uh, when she hit that, she dropped down. Still had a lead, but only by a very small margin at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then she and she and Francois are sort of increasing at a pretty you know si- pretty similar pace. She's holding her lead um, until he hits daily double number three uh, at the two thousand dollar level at Tropic of in the category Tropic of Capricorn, um, and he wagers eight thousand um, dollars. Yeah, he does. Uh, Francois not afraid of those big bets. Nope. Um, so he gets this clue. Four countries lie completely south of the Tropic. New Zealand, Iswatini, Lesotho, and this one in South America. And he correctly, correctly guesses Uruguay. And he takes a good lead at that Some point.
0: Commanding lead, yeah. 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 Which he did not give up for the rest of the game. Um, nope. I don't know, maybe, I, I guess really that whole category to me felt Kind of easy. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a geography category, which are very like it's a very cut and dry thing. It's a it's kind of a binary like either it is this or it is not. In geography, that clue being a two thousand dollar clue to me that that did feel a a bit a bit gettable for that that dollar amount because if they had just left it at and this one without including South America, that to me would have been much more like on par with the difficulty of the rest of the games. Right, uh, but including South America, like it was just like, whoosh, oh yeah, there's only one. <laughs> like, yeah, there's yeah. Um, so. And
1: there's, I mean, there's not that many countries in South America to start with, right? It's in the teens, I think. Yeah, it's um, it's
0: very small.
1: And hopefully, if you're if you're going to the Tournament of Champions, you you've spent some time with your maps, which he clearly had.
0: Yeah, and he went for it, and it's I mean, nothing against Francois. Like you get the questions oh, you get, yeah. and you do you you answer them right. So and so he took the lead into the final uh, final Jeopardy round um and
1: lucky francois
0: (laughs) right the category comes up as italian inventors which you know could be whatever but he is a physics teacher so already we're like oh okay
1: um so they get the clue in a 1644 letter he wrote we live submerged at the bottom of an ocean of air which is what his invention measures which how cool of a quote is that
0: yeah oh it's so good
1: it's really good I had never heard of the inventor who it was I, I knew his invention obviously um, mm-hmm. but the answer is Torricelli the inventor of the barometer
0: yeah where we get the unit Tor for yes. um, mm-hmm. for pressure all of us in the audience were kind of like looking at each other not sure I would never I did not. I, I had no idea and Dhruv was pretty much the only one who was like oh yeah it's this guy <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're, all, we're all like all right druv <laughs> good job man uh but it ended up yeah uh francois got Torricelli. uh gilbert and Lindsay did did not gilbert guessed bernoulli which is not a bad guess Lindsay guessed avocadro which again not not bad uh mm-hmm. but obviously incorrect
1: but that takes francois to the finals yeah which brings us to the finals yes all right, so uh, the finals. Um, I assume if you're listening to this, you either know one of us personally or you're really into Jeopardy. Um, <laughs> uh, but the finals are a two-day total point affair.
0: Yes, thank you for getting the correct terminology.
1: You're welcome, and uh, that uh, that means we've got we've got two days in a row. They're they're going to add the points from the two days together, uh, which creates an interesting betting situations on the second day um, because you have this total from the first day that's going to be added in but you can't play with any of it for betting purposes so the math is kind of fun yeah uh, so Emma Betcher is back at the right podium James Holtzauer in the middle podium which yeah. I love because the number one the Keep number go, yeah. one seed is Francois Barkham
0: yeah. which yeah is awesome felt really cool um a lot of people talk about like the the middle podium curse or something which i i don't know never heard of i don't know if there's statistics to back it up that the middle podium is less likely to win
1: yeah Eh, i i I have seen the statistics i can't remember who produced them or when but i did i did see those prior to coming to the show and was kind of bummed to draw the middle podium um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna blame it uh so we've got these three um and Wow it was it was a great match both days. Um, Yes. So Single Jeopardy on Thursday uh, we start with A Writer's Life for Me, Synonyms for Black, The New News, Transportation Terms, British History, and Movie Monsters.
0: Yeah good good categories and really through I mean they were very good games. Gotta say that Francois just did not did not have a chance on the buzzer. <laughs> yeah. There's no way I'm of knowing. I'm confident
1: that he knew a lot of this material. And yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like we there's no way of knowing which things he knew and which things he didn't know. It mm-hmm. just he couldn't get in, which yeah. for, you know, for all of us who have gone up against either Emma or James, that's the reality, you know.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Some of the categories in the single jeopardy round on Thursday felt like regular Jeopardy instead of like super duper hard Jeopardy to me. Um synonyms for black, I thought there was a lot there that was pretty gettable. Mm-hmm. Um some of the things in British history sort of felt felt pretty familiar, felt, you know, right. similar to a standard Jeopardy game. Um
0: I agree and I'm not going to not going to claim to speak for all of the other non-finalist contestants, but there was a general feeling of like okay, perhaps the writers like purposely made the the previous rounds a bit harder to kind of like to to really make the competition you know tough and and strong and and uh ensure that we really do get the strongest players through to the finals and then now that it's the finals we'll make it a little more i don't know accessible to the general audience
1: Mm -hmm. but james was very very fast on the buzzer um Mm -hmm. from from the very beginning
0: yeah, it wasn't until the 12th clue of the game that anyone other than James was able to ring in.
1: Whoa. And
0: yeah, so James, uh, there were a couple triple stumpers through those first 12, but uh, James got, you know, the he, he got himself up to 3,000 before he found the first Daily Double, uh, which he ended up getting incorrect. Uh, the mm-hmm. clue was, it, it was in the Writer's Life for Me category, and the clue was echoing the title character of a book by his great uncle he assumed this surname melmoth after leaving prison in 1897 uh the correct response is oscar wilde and and james didn't pull it he guessed dumas uh which brought him back to zero and alex joked uh so we have a three-way tie once again uh and then the yeah the next five clues were either triple stumpers or james was in first and got it correct so by the time emma rang in on uh, question number 12 in the new news for a thousand which she got he had already got a lead back
1: right so
0: yeah and so he takes a strong lead into uh the double jeopardy round francois is still at uh francois is at a thousand so he's managed to get in but uh yeah james has a strong lead over emma going into double Mm -hmm. jeopardy
1: all right going into double jeopardy francois gets first pick from these categories house painting lawyers law and legality physics Tony-winning roles, beastly North American geography, and teen letter words. Um, so Francois takes us over to house painting. Yeah, which um,
0: totally psyched out the whole audience because we were sure he'd go for physics.
1: Yep. And house paint, house painting, maybe, I wonder if he was trying to get a chance to get in on the buzzer in the hopes that maybe he, I, I don't know, hard, hard to know. Um, but I wonder if I mean if you're if you're trailing, you maybe want to build your bank up before daily double hunting. I don't know. Maybe sure. maybe not because he goes for sixteen hundred in house painting, and house painting turns out to be about paintings of houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an art category, uh, and Emma's great in art. She's very very strong there. Yeah, um,
0: turns out her sister is an artist.
1: Ah, well that would help.
0: And so that first clue uh, is the house in the rear of this Brits painting, quote, a bigger splash, features, of course, a swimming pool. And that's David Hockney. That's uh, one of the more prominent 20th century uh, paintings, which it's, I mean, mm-hmm. you've probably seen it. It's like a guy standing next to a pool looking at another guy swimming in the pool.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, later on in that same category at the $2,000 level, um, I, we had uh, he eschewed more familiar urban scenes, as in his *Nighthawks* to paint Vermont Sugar House in 1938, um, which, of course, is Edward Hopper. Heard a little chatter about, you know, how is that a two thousand dollar Tournament of Champions finals clue? Um, but I liked that Emma got it. Um, uh, *Nighthawks* is in uh, is at the Art Institute in Chicago,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it was fun to see her get that one.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people talking about like Pavlov's. You should know like automatic responses. Nighthawks Hopper, Nighthawks mm-hmm. Hopper, Nighthawks Hopper. Just gotta have that. Um, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: on uh, on other uh, categories and questions where uh, where there was some shade uh, thrown at the at the Jeopardy writers, we had in beastly North American geography at the sixteen hundred dollar level. A clue about Colorado, where they basically showed a map of the region we, maybe we'll get to that later with uh with Lindsay and
0: uh yeah, yeah no that clue like it's it's zoomed in and it just says dinosaur national monument right and i'm like cool i know that one i'm really excited and then it keeps talking and it keeps talking and it zooms out and it's like hey what state is next to utah and wyoming <laughs> it's like dinosaur national monument has nothing to do with the question ah mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah again like i said we kind of felt like uh the difficulty had been toned down a bit for the finals uh. yeah
1: i enjoyed seeing the tony winning roles category i've seen how many of these i guess two of these on broadway um oh nice yeah we had uh celia keenan bolger won a 2019 tony as this daughter into to kill a mockingbird you don't have to have seen the the play um, right
0: <laughs> to it, know that one
1: to know that that's Scout Finch. Um, But I have seen the play, Uh, it's good. And uh, at the 800 level, there was a clue about a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Um, At the 1200 level, uh, Allie Stroker was the first wheelchair-using winner playing Ado Annie in a 2019 revival of this Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. So the answer to that one is Oklahoma and that is an incredible production. Yeah, we saw. I, I saw that um, a couple of months ago, and was just blown away uh, by the production in general and by Ally Stroker in particular. Nice. Um, yeah, she was really wonderful.
0: That's awesome. I mean, the only I haven't seen Oklahoma on stage. I've only seen the movie, and I can tell you that I was thoroughly bored by it. So. Oh,
1: you should. Uh, if you come out to New York, you should. You should see that. Well, I mean, it, you, if you're not into the musical, but it's a it's a reinterpretation. The script the lyric everything stays the same um but they really pare it down and make it very 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 dark um interesting yeah it's and it's all i mean it's all there it's a it is a very troubling uh story if you haven't dressed it up with the costumes and the cast of thousands right and they're Um, kind
0: of like americana nostalgia
1: yeah um, and they just let that come through and it's it's startling. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I think it was too much for some people who were there for the Americana and nostalgia. I think probably about 80% of the audience came back after intermission. Mm. Um but like we we lost some folks because they were they were taking it to like a much darker place than I think a lot of people realized they were going. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, if you've if you've seen the movie, it is uh, about as dissimilar as it could be um, without changing any of the words or music. Anyway,
0: um, but in that, looking at the daily doubles, they came. They both came pretty early in the round. The first was in the beastly North American geography category, um, and the clue is: this river is the largest tributary of the Columbia, which it joins near Pasco, Washington. You know, if you know some rivers, the only river I can think of and the United States that has an animal name is the snake. So even if I don't Mm -hmm. know that it uh, is in Pasco, Washington, or even if I don't know that it necessarily joins the Columbia, I could probably still guess snake. And James Mm -hmm. got it. Uh, He bet 10,600, so he put himself uh, significantly farther in the lead with that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then a few questions later, he found the uh, Daily Double number three in the lawyer's law and legality category. And he bet 9,812 in that one, another big bet. Um, and the clue is, at the Scopes trial, this politician said he'd seen nothing to accept the word of scientists against the inspired word of God, and that is William Jennings Bryan. If you don't know much about the Scopes, Scopes Monkey trial, you should check it out. Uh, it's a, there's so much more around it. Like, it's a, it's a fascinating moment in American history. It's not just, a, like, an argument about creationism versus evolution or just an argument about, you know, public education and whatever. It Like, the people involved in it, Clarence Darrow, William Jennings Bryan, H.L. Mencken, like, uh, it's, it's, it's just this mm-hmm. really cool little moment with so much in it.
1: Sounds like it could be a deep dive one of these days.
0: It could be, although... Um, I mean, there's already a play about it, but
1: it's, <laughs> but, but whatever. The wind, yeah, right? Inherit the Wind. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's really that could be that could be. But anyway, that puts James like, d- you know, doing what he what he tries to do in every game.
1: Uh, yeah. And when he gets those runaways, I mean, part of his whole strategy is that he wipes the bottom of the board first, so that um, so that there's no way to make a comeback because all you've got left on the board is the is the low value clues, um, even if somebody were you know even if james's buzzer broke at that point you know right.
0: you wouldn't um, be able to catch him yeah
1: yeah there's not enough money left on the board
0: yeah uh one little thing the 800 dollars clue in lawyers law and legality uh this lawyer's star rose while re while repping stormy daniels but fell after he was accused of trying to extort millions from nike in 2019 that's michael Avenatti, and alex makes a little comment it was a triple stumper like oh and perhaps we perhaps his his uh, star has gone <laughs> which, which is awesome, yeah. and there's been a lot of media, uh, social media attention to that because, like, yeah. cool.
1: Michael Avenatti tweeted about it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then I think, I think James like responded to it and just like shut him down. Yeah, which is awesome.
1: Okay, so we go into final Jeopardy, um, with James at thirty-seven thousand four hundred twelve dollars. Emma at 13,200. Francois with 7,800. Which um, is, a, you
0: know, Francois, that's a, not a bad score.
1: That's a good score. I mean, especially like against these yeah. But, you know, we, we see people in regular play, we see people with competitive games with that score. Right. Um, and it gets sort of dwarfed by James's monster score. But... Sure,
0: yeah. But, but especially against this competition, that's, like, even more impressive.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so we get the category Old Testament Books, uh, which, you know, that's my wheelhouse. And the clue is, by Hebrew word count, the longest book bears this name that led to a word for a long complaint or rant. And uh, Emma and James get it correct with uh, Jeremiah. The word that it is referencing is Jeremiahd. Francois guesses Ruth. Um, I wonder if he was thinking of like, maybe he he thought of the word like ruthless or something. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Um, yeah, Ruth is quite a short book. You could you could read it in you know in a sit- in a short sitting. It's uh, one of it's, my
0: wife's favorites.
1: And there's lots of fun facts about it. Um, but yeah, uh, Jeremiah is um, it's a long prophetic book and a lot of you know a lot of like really threatening the israelites to uh shape up or face the consequences Mm -hmm. um and uh oracles against other nations it's you know so that's uh that's why we end up with this word jeremiah so emma gets it correct um and wagers everything because this is again a two-day total point affair it does not matter well i guess it matters a little bit if you come in second or third but in the first day you're really looking to um, maximize your winnings. Um, James makes a sizable bet, but not everything. Uh, he bets 11914 He's built up a pretty sizable lead, and he wants to add to it, but he doesn't want to risk dropping back down to you know to zero or close to zero and having to start over again. So he right. wagers 11914 which had he gotten it wrong, it would have dropped him into the mid 20000 000- 25 26 somewhere in there i can't do the math uh in my head he uses such weird numbers that i can't. right yeah it's hard to it. hard to just that's that's part of his strategy by the way i assume i've never heard him address it but um when you're when he's since he doesn't work with round numbers it puts the extra strain on everybody else of having to do a whole lot of arithmetic yeah
0: um, i mean he, he has said that that the wagers he uses are significant dates for oh, like yeah, his of family oh yeah but th- yes. that also does, for sure, add that extra element of trying to, of doing, you know, minuscule arithmetic for the other yeah. players.
1: Yeah, and Emma's Emma's right to bet at all. She's trying to stay close enough that the next day she can catch up. Um, Francois bets six thousand uh, again, trying to, you know, trying to get back up to, you know, to close enough that he can be in contention the next day.
0: And that brings us into Friday.
1: So we start off single Jeopardy with the Nifty Fifties, Mountains of Asia. What's being measured? Snails, sitcoms, and all stars with star in quotation marks.
0: Mm-hmm. And so Francois gets first pick. He's daily double hunting right off the bat. He goes sitcoms mm-hmm. for six hundred, uh, and that gets us started.
1: Emma takes us down to the bottom of mountains of Asia. Um, so Emma goes on goes on. Uh, I mean, a couple couple questions long. She's able to get in on the buzzer. Mm-hmm identifies the continent separating mountains that stretch 1550 miles from the arctic ocean to kazakhstan uh the urals Mm -hmm.
0: yeah emma and james even if if it was possible for them to be faster on the buzzer than they were the day before they managed to do that Uh oh yeah (laughs) francois just did not there was no breathing room for him to get in on the buzzer james does get to the daily double after uh 2600 uh it's in the nifty fifties category at the thousand dollar level the clue is eating out became easier with the introduction of this first multi-purpose charge card in 1950 and he had it right away diner's club uh so that that bumps him up gets him gets him back uh, i think into the lead at that point uh emma had been kind of pushing the game and he'd been he'd been keeping pace with her but that gave him a good uh a good lead there was one clue that i thought there was one clue that uh, the way that Alex handled it I thought was interesting. She just will not let me talk. That's okay. We can have her in the background. She's cute. Okay. Um, it was the $1,000 clue in what's being measured. Uh, and this was the first clue revealed in the category. So, again, we didn't have the, the category from top to bottom to kind of get our minds around it. Um, and the clue just says barrels, fifths, pecks. Uh, James guesses what is liquor and Alex asks him to be more specific which I think was the incorrect direction it should have just yeah. been it should have just been no yes because you don't measure liquor by pecs right like you can do barrels you can do fifths but pecs is not a not a, a measurement really that you use for liquor so that that should have mm-hmm. been too specific and should be no and even if even if he was gonna give him more time he should have said less specific because the correct response is volume
1: Right. Right. <laughs>
0: like so that that one that one got me a little bit. But it was a very close first round. Mm-hmm. At the end James has 8800, Emma has 6600, which again in, in double jeopardy, that's one that's basically one clue different. Right. Uh, so really a close game going into double jeopardy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and Francois is trailing them with 1200. And again, I think he knew a lot of his material. Uh they were just so fast on the buzzer. So fast. All right, uh, so we hit Double Jeopardy. We have female firsts, gym class, uh, J-I-M, uh, classic American plays, before, during, and after, architecture, uh, but instead of A-R-C-H, it's quote-unquote R, architecture. Every correct answer is, every correct response is going to begin with the letter R, and movie foreign cities.
0: This This board, I think, brought the difficulty level back up
1: yes it really did
0: yeah this one was noticeably harder than the rest of the final i think yeah but the they you know james and emma did really well i'm sure francois would have done really well if he could have gotten in there were a a few triple stumpers, some incorrect responses but but overall like they they handled it pretty well really the big story here are the daily doubles um yeah James and Emma, you know, trading back and forth, James got on a bit of a roll, uh, and then uh, Emma found Daily Double number two, uh, so the first of the Double Jeopardy round, and female firsts at the $800 level. Uh, Catherine Bigelow became Oscar's first female Best Director for this film with only one named female character, and it took her a while to pull it, but she, she did get the Hurt Locker, and she had, uh, I believe, bet it all. Yeah. At, Which and was she,
1: absolutely the right call.
0: Oh yeah, she. I mean, she yeah. knew she knew the lead that James had from the first game, and you know, you, she you just had to go for it. Um, if, yeah, with, if you've
1: got to close a twenty three thousand dollar gap, like don't don't <laughs> play with small bets. Yeah,
0: you throw everything in all the time. Mm-hmm. So she got it, and that that put the pressure on. That made it a game because, like I yeah. said, James James had started started extending his lead in in the in the audience when we when we saw her get that that just you know no matter who we were pulling for I I don't know that any of us were necessarily really like rooting for one of them over the other we you know we just wanted to see a good game an exciting game and and when she got that it made it like oh yeah okay it's back on this is not over which was a really good feeling
1: yeah so she takes she takes a bit of a lead over James Mm -hmm. And then five clues later, he hits daily double number three in architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the clue is, as a style, it was early 19th century British. As a building, it's the Atlanta Hyatt that began the hotel atrium era. era. I wonder if he forgot what category he was in, or whether he just couldn't come up with a response that started with R.
0: That's, uh, I mean, either one is fair, because he d- he didn't have a... It didn't. He didn't have an immediate guess. He took his time, uh, and then he guessed what is Georgian, and Alex reminded him that it had to begin with the letter R, uh, and the correct response is Regency. I had it. I've had no clue. <laughs> but hey, you'd have gotten that right.
1: I think that, that makes me the winner of it? No. <laughs> yeah, we'll, um, we'll
0: call Jeopardy. We'll let them know. We'll see if we can get that fixed.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so, so all of a sudden James has dropped, and he bet how about 8,615 um so he drops way down yeah Um,
0: significantly behind at that point yeah but you know one thing that he doesn't do is take guesses really so the next clue was a triple stumper he he didn't allow the pressure of feeling like uh i kind of got to get back into this he didn't allow Mm -hmm. that to to you know have him make a bad guess so
1: uh, we had the before, during, and after category, <laughs> um, <laughs> which if you're familiar with before and after, right, you you ha- take two phrases that have a word in common. One has it at the beginning, the other at the end, and you mash them up. Uh, you get a clue about that, where you're supposed to produce that that phrase. Before, during, and after takes three such phrases, and I don't think I got a single one of these. Oh my Most gosh. Most of them... Most of them, I had two of the elements, but not the third. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this is this is classic Tournament of Champions. This is one that people have been waiting for, and it was fun to see it come out in double jeopardy of the very last day.
0: Right. And we, I mean, all the contestants in the audience audibly reacted when that category was revealed, just like with the uh, Roman numeral math and the the other ones that you know were like, ah, uh, yep, yep, they're mm-hmm. back. But the rest of the game, the rest of the game was pretty much a. Uh, uh, a trade-off between James and Emma.
1: Yeah, so they they work through that before, during, and after category, and they they got, I think, all of them.
0: James got four of them, and Francois got one.
1: Right. Um, it was fun to see Francois get one. Yeah. Yeah. Rug uh, at the at the twelve hundred dollar level. Uh, the clue is rug cutting. Nineteen eighty four Bruce Springsteen tune about Sophie Turner's title X Men character. Who plays nba hoops in arizona uh the correct response being dancing in the dark phoenix suns
0: man i don't know if i would have gotten that on stage i know that you know in the audience my brain was not necessarily firing on all cylinders at that point and just watching these clues i was like no, there's no way
1: <laughs> yeah all right are we ready to go to a final yes okay um so do you want do you want to talk uh, wagering math here for a
0: minute yes okay so we're going into we're going into final uh francois has 1600 he's gonna be third place no matter what even if yeah. emma loses everything her score from yesterday will beat any potential that francois has so mm-hmm. uh emma betting to to stay above francois is not an issue yeah. right james is at seventeen seven eighty five, um which is behind emma's 21 600 Uh, going into the final so my now now my take on it for a couple of reasons one really really the big question is what should emma bet right Mm -hmm. like james james has to think about what he should bet but he has a really significant lead from the day before so his betting strategy is not terribly complicated because he has that big cushion uh if james ended up Getting it wrong or, or betting zero. If James ended up betting zero, he would end up with uh, sixty-seven thousand one hundred eleven. W- or if he got it wrong, then he would have less than that. So my myself looking at it, I'm thinking, okay, a zero or less. His maximum is sixty-seven thousand eleven hundred. If he gets it right, like if he gets it right, obviously he's gonna win the tournament. I I don't I don't think you have to consider an option where he could get it right, but you can bet enough to still win. So. If he if he gets it wrong or gets it right in some reason bets zero sixty seven one eleven is his maximum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Emma, if she doubles up today, means that her ma- that would put her at sixty nine thousand six hundred.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that means that there is potential. There's it is not a runaway. It, there is still potential for Emma to win the whole tournament.
1: Right. If I remember right, this is called a, a crush game. It works a little. The math works a little differently because it's a two day total point affair. Um, but the idea being it's a game where the person in second place can win if and only if they get it right and the person in first place gets it wrong
0: right and so i was confused by emma's wager because for for one she took a long time thinking about it and i'm Hmm. I'm sure i could talk to her about what she was thinking i didn't we didn't get a chance to really like go over that because nobody really wanted to talk about the games once the games were over. We just wanted to kind of relax and be normal people again. <laughs> so I was, I was confused by her wager because to me, betting it all is simply the, it's clearly the option. Cause, mm-hmm. cause like I said, if you get it wrong, you're still going to get in second place. If you get it right, then you have put yourself above James's threshold if he is wrong,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but she didn't bet that.
1: Right. Um, yeah, I think I would have betted everything from her bet everything from her position. Uh, James to get a so Emma's potential if she goes all in is sixty nine thousand six hundred. Mm-hmm. So this is how I thought about it. James is has to be aiming for at least sixty nine six zero one. Right. Uh, that means that he needs to bet two thousand four hundred ninety. Okay. If you if he gets it wrong and he's bet two thousand four hundred ninety. That leaves them with a total of, oh sorry, sixty four thousand six hundred twenty one. For Emma's total to get up to sixty four thousand six hundred twenty one, she has to bet, she has to bet at least sixteen thousand six hundred twenty one. So she has to get it right, so there's no reason not to bet everything. Um, what her 17,000 told me is that she had done all the math. She understood it and she took the smallest bet that she had to make and rounded it up because, you know, why not? Wow. Emma likes to play with round numbers. Sure.
0: Yeah. And that makes sense. I, I, yeah. Now that you explain it that way, I could see that because she was, she was betting against James's bet. Yeah. Okay.
1: But you know, I mean, there's something to be said definitely for it. Like if you're forced to, get it right in order to win if the only circumstance where you will win is you know a correct answer then you should then you know why not bet everything because you know puts your winnings that much higher
0: right ultimately though ended up not being uh not being an issue james uh got it right so the the final jeopardy uh category is international disputes and the clue is a dispute over etorofu habomai uh kunashiri and shikotan has kept these two countries from ever signing a world war ii peace treaty and the correct response is what are japan and russia which all three uh contestants got correct
1: Mm -hmm. so that takes james out of reach uh he finishes the tournament with 76,923 and he is the winner of the tournament of champions uh winning the quarter million dollar prize emma is the runner-up her score comes out to sixty five thousand, uh, so she gets the runner up prize, which is a hundred thousand uh, dollars. nothing to sneeze at. All right. uh, Francois ends up with five thousand cumulatively, and uh, the the second runner up prize of fifty thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, not bad for uh, you know two days of work, and by work I mean yeah. playing Jeopardy.
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah, playing Jeopardy is great.
0: Yeah big congratulations obviously to James like one of the strongest players ever possibly the strongest player ever you know depending on how you want to look at it and what kind of comparisons you want to make but an argument to be made there for sure yeah. uh, major congratulations to Emma going up against a lot of uh a lot of vitriol and a lot of thinly or not at all veiled misogyny
1: mm-hmm they're not misogynists. They don't just don't like the way she looks or sounds.
0: Right. And I can also we can also we can also thing. yeah we can also give support to the other uh, women in the in the tournament as well for facing that same I kind of like nonsense. I don't like the way
1: she clicks her buzzer. Yeah, like get she over it. She just so looks it. so sure of herself when she gives the correct response.
0: Yes. How dare a woman be confident?
1: There's a lot of misogyny directed toward women in Jeopardy, and uh, I don't know. We can see through that.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. And and obviously like you, you all are you're strong, capable, intelligent women who, you know, can handle yourselves, but it, it shouldn't be a thing you have to face anyway. Yeah, thanks. So yeah, that's that's the issue. It's it's not like, oh I feel bad for them because it must be hard. Like it's it just shouldn't be. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, it should not. Anyway. Um, thanks, Kyle. Yeah. Sure. I'll do what I can, I guess. Uh and and Francois, rep and teachers. Bringing up a mm-hmm. bringing up a gentleman's third there in the tournament, and uh, yeah, yeah. So that you know, we'll we'll wrap it up here pretty quick because obviously we've been talking a long time, but uh, a, a great tournament, just really hard, high quality play, high quality mm-hmm. questions, and uh, yeah, I think I think Jeopardy really did a good job of capitalizing on the recent popularity. Like obviously James brought a lot of new watchers to the show and a lot mm-hmm. of attention back to the show, but I think. I think all of us really represented ourselves well and, and and gave a good product
1: yeah it was it was an absolute joy to watch um, and uh, fun to be able to say oh I know some of them so and congratulations to you for your uh, your excellent work in, in the quarterfinals and semifinals Thank
0: you I, uh, I've told many people this but I I went out in the right place um, mm. I fully I, I do not believe that at least in that situation I uh was as strong a player as emma or james or francois i believe that they were and i'm throwing no shade at any of my other competitors or trying to disparage or, or diminish anything but i i feel that those three showed beyond a question that they were the top three mm-hmm. contestants in the tournament so
1: yeah yeah it's been a great tournament all around it's been great to see um... Uh, the attention that uh, that Drew has gotten for his response and the and the charitable efforts that that has contributed to, and um, I don't know, it's just nice when the world is talking about Jeopardy.
0: Yeah, it just, you're right. It just feels nice. Yeah. <laughs> so that, <laughs> oof, that that brings us to the end of this uh, Herculean effort of recapping the uh, the Tournament of Champions.
1: Uh. This has been, it's, it's been a lot and I can't wait to do this again. Um, But it'll be, it'll be nice to go back to regular season gameplay next week. Yeah. With regular difficulty boards that are not so embarrassing for me playing along at home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Um, me me too. And I was in the audience. And, uh, and we do, we promise that we will try to be a bit more succinct next week. Uh, but the special circumstances of being the Tournament of Champions and uh, that I was involved in it, we wanted to give it, we wanted to give it the time that, that we felt it deserved. So yeah
1: We'll be bringing you another bonus episode after this recap. Uh, we've got a few uh, Tournament of Champions guests uh, who will be joining us. Uh, we've got Lindsay and Josh and Steven coming to talk about their experiences and uh, we've written some quiz questions for each other. And we'd like to say welcome to uh new listeners in particular uh we were uh, i told jeopardy reddit that we're here kyle um and uh and we got a mention from the jeopardy fan so we've got we've got some folks joining us for the first time maybe uh so welcome glad you're with us
0: yeah it's awesome welcome it's it's good to have you here
1: make sure and subscribe if you haven't if you could uh, give us a review or a star rating on your podcast platform form of choice that would be great um tell your jeopardy loving friends about us uh you can find us on facebook uh you can find us on twitter we're potent potables one we'll be coming back to you pretty soon with a bonus episode
0: yep and after that uh back to our regular season so until next time may your minds be quick and your buzzers be quicker